Eaton Time with Belton Johnson for the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association. Definitely one of my favorite times of the week is 11 o'clock when we get to sit down with our friend Belton Johnson and cook up something delicious. Belton, thanks for joining us this morning. Absolutely. How's it going there? This it's morning? good. It's good, though. So the last time we talked, of course, was Friday of last week. We were throwing out predictions for the games. You were 50% right in your predictions. We got the 49ers and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. What are your thoughts? Oh, man, I'm going to tell you, Evan, I'm I'm never betting against Patrick Mahomes ever again. <laughs> ever I, again, Belton? Ever again? I, I, I don't, unless he just shows some type of weakness or something, but you know, with this Super Bowl coming up, it's, you know, down in Vegas and everything, right? And the 49ers, you know, on paper, they have a great offense, uh, solid defense and everything. But it seems like in this playoff, they could get down sometimes like they did against the Lions there. Uh, I believe they had gotten down against the Packers uh, as well early on in those uh, games. And you know what? The Chiefs, I'm thinking if the 49ers were to get down, Patrick Mahomes ain't letting up, man. Mm -hmm. He's going to go in. He's taking it. But those 49ers that we saw in the second half of that game on Sunday, man, that's a strong team. It's a very strong team, and that's the other part you like about them, right? Like, okay, yep, this first half, you know, we were asleep. Second half, coach, you know, hey, guys, it's time to wake up. You got a game to play out there, and and that's when they have – come to life and especially who is it uh Brock Purdy you know everybody asks if he's oh do you think he's just a game manager well I think most quarterbacks are game managers mm-hmm. right? you're not trying you're trying to take care of the ball you're not trying to turn it over and everything so he fits that scheme very well for the 49ers but again I don't maybe it's the Taylor Swift effect or something <laughs> I don't know but <laughs> I, I'm I like how you I like how you worked that in Belton the Taylor Swift effect. Do you think though, like what is causing these ticket prices to go through the roof? Most people, even if they wanted to go to the Super Bowl, aren't buying a couple of tickets for north of ten thousand dollars a ticket. Oh yeah, I saw some with twenty, thirty, fifty grand range and everything. And you know, I I think it's one. I do think it's uh, the two marquee teams, right? The Forty ers the Chiefs. So that that has that appeal, and I do think, you know, just the Taylor Swift. Like I'm telling you, man, every game the Chiefs play, I think I've seen her, you know, on the screen there and everything. And uh, who knows? Maybe she'll perform a Super Bowl. Uh, something there with Usher or something. Who knows? Maybe, maybe the riders should focus less on their signings and more on a halftime entertainment and getting Taylor Swift up here. <laughs> Speaking of this, rider signings, uh, Mason Fine just uh, was announced that he's going to be with the team this year. What do you make of the, of the quarterback situation heading into the season with Harris, Fine, and of course, Dola Gala um, likely on his way? Well, I, I like it, right? Uh, cause you got, you got to keep some pieces in place and everything, right? And continuity. So with fine, you know, he did do some, uh, he did do some good things and everything. Uh, so, and to me, that's a key position and everything, that quarterback and everything. But I also think with the O line, I think the riders, they, you know, you got to shift focus there a little bit and, Again, at the end of the day, once uh, the lights come on, training camp starts, 
to me, that's when you start weeding out uh, some of those players. So the, the last, my last question on football before we get into our food discussion today is the free agency opens on Sunday, right? The window opens for free agency. Do you think Corey Mace being here actually helps? There's been a bit of talk about this. I've seen O'Day talk about it recently in the news. Does that help attract some talent maybe that otherwise would have looked the other way? I'm going to say yes because, one, he's, uh, you know, come – come from a winning uh, program there, right, the, the Argos. Uh, so you, you got to think there's going to be a number of those players maybe up for free agency that he would like to grab, get, that are familiar with his style, his systems, and everything. And the fact that he's, a, I feel like, a younger coach, he could connect uh, with these players, you know, changing the culture here. Because I'm going to tell you, he's, everything I've heard him speak and say, you know, He's got me pumped up and excited. So I got to think with the players that are free agency, they're going to be, you know, you're definitely looking at who the coach is and everything. And that you could get along with that coach. He's going to make a difference. Well, Belton, I know there's people sitting by the radio with their pen in hand thinking, okay, good talk about the riders, but let's, let's figure out it's eating time. Let's figure out what we're cooking. What are we cooking today, Belton? Uh, what we're cooking today, Evan, is shepherd's pie. This is one of those, uh, I call it a comfort food. Let me tell you something. Before you even get into this, <laughs> this is, my wife will tell you, one of my all-time favorites. I am a huge shepherd's pie fan. Now I'm pumped up, Belton. Let's hear it. Oh, man, I hope I can impress you here, Evan. <laughs> so uh, with the shepherd's pie, the first thing we want to start is uh, getting that mashed potato uh, topping ready. So, again, with the potato topping, what we're going to do is get some uh, salt in the water, boil some potatoes, I'd say, for about 16 to 18 minutes. And once those potatoes are boiled and ready, we want to drain it. And I like to turn, return that pot to the stove. I like to add in some butter, some milk, cheddar cheese, garlic powder, salt and pepper, Evan. And once we got all those ingredients together, I always say get the muscles out, start mashing all those ingredients. And once we got them mashed and we set it to the side, that's the potato topping. So we set that to the side. The next thing I like to do is get out my favorite cast iron skillet, get some olive oil in there, get the heat on there like to throw in some onions, some carrots, get those nice and sautéed until it's tender. Once those veggies are tender, I like to add in my lean ground beef and get that stirred up and uh, until it's brown. Are you still there with uh, me? I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. So we got that skillet going uh, with the meat, the carrots, the onions. Uh, we want Next thing we want to do is throw in a bit of garlic, uh, some Worcestershire sauce. I like to put in a bit of Italian seasoning paprika, salt, pepper, get that all mixed up. And Evan, the one thing I like to add in here a bit too is to get things thickened up uh, is add in some flour, get that combined. And once I got the flour in there, I like to add in the beef broth and uh, some of the peas there and everything. And we stir that until it gets nice and thick in there. Is that what the flour is doing in there, Belton? Oh, yes. That flour is going to thicken it up and it's going to be the meat gravy i'll call it Evan. <laughs> <laughs> and so once we got all that mixed Evan, uh what we want to do is get that oven get it preheated uh like to get it heated to about 400 degrees so and again i mentioned cast iron skillet so i got my uh the meat toppings or the beef mixture in there 
already. So remember the potatoes that we set aside that we mixed up with the cheddar cheese, the garlic and everything. What I like to do is get a dollop of that out, start spreading it across the skillet there with, with where the meat mixture is and everything. Get that nice and evenly spread. Then I pop it into the oven. I bake it for about 25 to 30 minutes until it gets that golden brown color. Once I got that golden brown color, I like to pull it out of the oven, let it cool for about 15 minutes or so, and guess what happened? What, Belton? It's eating time. It is eating time. I love it. And I never thought I'd have to go through the day without hearing the words meat gravy. And you you came through for me. <laughs> I appreciate that. You know what? I'm going to ask you, is it a sin? I like a little bit of HP sauce on the side. Is that is that a sin for me? No, I'm, I, it's not a sin because you know why? My kids, they like to put a little ketchup on the side. So, <laughs> so, those sauces, those sauces add to it, Belton. <laughs> Absolutely, it does. All right, shepherd's pie sounds delicious. You've got me pumped up for it. Lunchtime is not far away. And, of course, that recipe we can find online on our Facebook page, on our, uh, of course, our web page. Belton, as always, thank you very much for joining us for It's Eating Time. Absolutely. Have a good one there, Evan. You too, Belton. Belton Johnson and It's Eating Time, the Cattlemen's Association. Saskatchewan's Cattlemen's Association always do a good job of bringing Belton to us every Friday at 11, and we very much appreciate that. You're listening to 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Good morning, and thanks so much for joining me on this February the 2nd, Friday, February the 2nd, Groundhog Day today, and we heard early this morning that the Groundhog indeed did not See his shadow, which the legend has it, means we're going to get an early spring. I feel like we're already there. I mean, I realize it's just the beginning of February, but plus temperatures again today, tomorrow. By the time Sunday rolls around, a chunk of central and south Saskatchewan is going to get into a bit of moisture. We're going to see some rain, maybe even some snow. And then temperatures dip down to still, I would say, warmer than normal, but single-digit you know, minus seven, minus nine, that's what we're seeing for a fairly good part of, of next week. So whether spring is on its way early or we're just getting a bit of a reprieve from a big cold blast of winter, either way, this has been a bit of a bit of a nice break. Well, every Friday at 10 o'clock, we do bugs and hugs, and inevitably, we can't get to all of the calls and texts that came in. I noticed there were a couple of texts, uh, one of them uh, here from Bev, saying that uh, her bug is the number of politicians getting charged with criminal charges over the last couple of months. Yeah, it it does seem to be uh, going the wrong way. We just heard this week, Moose Jaw MLA Greg Lawrence charged with criminal assault and choking while committing assault. He has uh, resigned from the SAS Party Caucus. He had already announced that he was not going to be running in the election this fall, but uh, immediately resigned from the SAS Party Caucus. But that means that he's staying on as an MLA, of course, while this is going on. It's it's at this point he's been charged, but nothing has been proven through court. So we'll uh, we'll watch that and see where that plays out. The the other case, though, of course, is the SAS Party uh, MLA Ryan Dometer, who just um, back in November, November sixteenth, was charged with a prostitution related offense, and we just learned this week that uh, it was. Thursday morning, yesterday morning, Regina Provincial Court, that MLA Dometer completed prostitution offender programming, which resulted in his charge being stayed 
by the Crown, which is pretty standard when people go through the programming. It's a prostitution offender intervention program. It's basically like alternative measures. And like I'm going to say 98% of the people that are charged with a prostitution-related offense will go through this programming. And as long as they successfully do that, their charges dropped. The, the thing that, you know, I think where this gets a little bit sticky is in order for people to go through that programming, the accused has to acknowledge responsibility, but it's not consider, considered a guilty plea. I, I, I feel like it's a little bit of a play on the, on words. If you're acknowledging responsibility. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's it's the same as saying I'm guilty. I'm I'm taking responsibility for this. Although, of course, it's not a you're not found guilty in court because, as I just said, they they often will stay the charge once you have successfully completed it. And the whole prostitution thing, I've had this conversation. Of course, it's been in the the forefront of the news in the last day or so. So I've had this conversation with a few people. But the whole prostitution investigation thing has really changed. The Regina Police Service, in this case, uh, it was their vice unit, which does basically alcohol, gaming regulation enforcement, prostitution-related enforcement, human trafficking. That falls under the vice section uh, in Regina as well. If you think about about prostitution investigations that would have been done through the years, often it's the, you know, I'm going to put in quotes, the stereotypical uh, lady of the night standing on a street corner offering her services. But prostitution laws have changed so that the person offering sexual services, if they're offering them of their own free will, if they are not doing it on behalf of other people, if, you know, they are not breaking the law. The law has changed. And the law says that the person who is communicating for the purpose of obtaining sexual services is the person who's breaking the law. So the John, right? The John who is out there shopping for sex. And so now with less prostitutes on a street corner, more of them using online platforms. That often is how the investigations take place. That was the investigation that took place here. The Regina Police Service puts together a sting. They'll put an ad online. They will have a location. Often it's a hotel in the city or somewhere where when they get people that will respond, they'll show up at the location. The communication will happen between usually an undercover police officer who is posing as a prostitute. And when that communications happens, that is the offense. The offense is made and the arrest is made. So in this case, 16 people were arrested. I'm going to guess that almost all, if not all of those 16 people that were arrested in this sting back mid-November would have gone through the same prostitution offender intervention program that Ryan Dometer did. I'm going to guess because, like I said, the majority of people do go through that programming and, as a result, have their charges stayed. In fact, I'm hoping on an upcoming episode of the Roundtable of Justice to have some of the investigators in from that deal with human trafficking and talk about that program and and whether it's effective. Obviously, they feel it's effective. In fact, a lot of those police officers will instruct, talk, lecture, uh, be part of that curriculum that is involved in that program. So, so the question I think that remains now, we know that, that Premier Mo came out very quickly right after this happened. Um, he, Premier Mo came out and said what 
and this is the quote, what happened is disgusting and vile. And to be quite frank, a government needs to be supporting women that are in a vulnerable state, not exploiting them. That's what Premier Scott Moe said. We acted quickly, I would say harshly and rightly so. It's a very situ- It's a very serious situation, and it's a situation where I think the actions are exactly the opposite of what any government member should be doing. So he was removed immediately from the SAS Party caucus. So Ryan Dometer is now independent as an MLA. Should he resign? The answer, in my mind, the answer is yes. I don't know how you don't resign after something like this. Yes, he completed the prostitution offender intervention program, which resulted in a stay of the charge, the criminal charge. But it also means that he took responsibility for his actions. He was looking to hire and pay a prostitution for sex. He was arrested. There were reasonable grounds for the arrest. He took responsibility for it. He's a politician in a position of power. Regardless of whether he's sitting as part of the caucus in the SAS party or as an independent, I don't see how there's any option but for him to resign. Maybe you agree. Maybe you disagree. I know we've had people that have been charged criminally before that have not resigned their positions, not just in provincial politics, but in other walks of life as well. In this case, I feel like it's it has to happen. We haven't heard it yet. In fact, he's still, number one, he's still sitting, receiving a paycheck as an MLA. He was acclaimed as the nominee for the Saskatchewan party in the uh, Cut Knife Turtleford constituency for the 2024 provincial election. So conceivably, he could not resign and have his name on the ballot and run again this fall for re-election. You think that's right? Shoot me a text. Let me know. one 332 8255 I think resignation is the right thing to do. I think that's what he needs to do. I think that's what he has to do. I think that that's what Saskatchewan people would expect. I'm going to guess that's what I would expect his constituents would expect. If you think I'm wrong, let me know. one 332 8255 All right. Up in North Battleford is a pretty important part of Saskatchewan, and that is the Saskatchewan Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum. And they're going through some challenging times right now when it comes to finances. In fact, they're doing a big plea right now to try and keep operations going and the doors open as a result of some tough financial times. We'll talk with the president and CEO of the Saskatchewan Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum and someone who's been inducted into that same Hall of Fame, when we come back right here on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.